the thesis of the shock doctrine is that we've been sold a fairy tale about how these radical policies have swept the globe. That they haven't swept the globe on the backs of freedom and democracy, but they have needed shocks, they have needed crises, they have needed states of emergencies. Milton Friedman understood the utility of crisis. Only a crisis, actual or perceived, produces real change. When that crisis occurs, the actions that are taken depend on the ideas that are lying around. Broadcasting from an undisclosed location in New South Wales, Australia. As well as our home in Brisbane, Australia. This is the FOMO Show. I'm Matt. And I'm Joe. And this is a fortnightly podcast where we talk about the exciting ideas changing the world today and what might change the world tomorrow. We'll help you stay across what's going on so you don't get the fear of missing out. You can find us at FOMO.show or by searching for the FOMO Show on your platform of choice. As always, everything in the shows and the show notes links to the stuff we talk about and timestamps are relevant parts so you can always skip ahead or find it later. This episode, we're going to be discussing a whole bunch of the coronavirus fallout. Yeah, financial implications, social implications and the technological implications. And as usual, this will have our normal FOMO Show spin in it so hopefully it won't be like any of the other stuff that's been out there. I mean, we're definitely not sending out a uh, an email to all of our our <laughs> listeners with our COVID nineteen response policy. So, uh, so please don't turn it off. Um, this should be uh, this should be quite unique and different. Just a little bit of disclosure: this podcast is not investment or any other type of advice. We're not saying you should buy anything at all. Yeah, so we're investing in all sorts of different things: shares, funds, Bitcoin, some of which we talk about on the show, but. If we talk about something, it definitely doesn't mean you should buy it, uh, particularly not at the moment. (laughs) So do your research, never invest more than you can afford to lose, and avoid the fear of missing out. So, Joe, the world's gone a little bit crazy, um, and I know that you've had a really interesting couple of weeks. So, so what have you been up to? Yeah, so uh, they shut down the border between Queensland and New South Wales in Australia, so I decided that I was going to bail across the border to the middle of the countryside to ride out the uh, the craziness in town because, yeah, I just yeah, it's just annoying me being there. It's very cramped and so stuff. I was a little bit jealous. I um. Yeah, like we we, we we talked about going out to our farm, but uh, but you know, it's it's a lot hard. Like we've got a little family now, and uh, it was just going to be a bit mm. too hard. Um, so yeah, mate, I was, I was super stoked for you that you could you could do that, and you, you took all your toilet paper out Indeed. with you, you took all your your hand sanitizer and your mask, and <laughs> you, you, you've set that up in the in in the underground bunker Absolutely. out there now. Yes, so, so uh, yeah, I am now an official refugee from. Uh, I literally got in the day before the border closed, um, but yeah, spare a thought for uh, for Mrs. Joe, who, um, well, I say my girlfriend, who I left in Brisbane, poor thing. Um, <laughs> High and yeah, dry. So, ah, oh, no, that that was actually a really <laughs> tough decision to make, but um, yeah. Isn't it weird, mate? Like, what a, what a time we live in, where in a country like Australia, like where the borders have really only ever been like an imaginary line, like they don't really mean much. <laughs> Um, really, like, there's so no real true. difference apart so from the government. True. That obviously, like, there's state governments and stuff. But like, you you ha- you literally made a run for the border in Australia. This is unprecedented times. The state border isn't it crazy? It's like <laughs> it's a line, and it's not really going to stop that much. But pff, sure. <laughs> yeah, shut them, shut them down. So yeah, I've been committing thought crimes and uh, yeah, crossing the border. 
interestingly, another thing, I had four hours of downtime. I was relaxing after a big week of work, and I so I bought a computer game that was a uh, a city builder. Yeah. Um, so I decided I was going to build the anarchist paradise, right? No rules, no taxes, none of this stuff. Just make the perfect city for my people. Um, I very quickly ran out of money uh, b- building my roads. My citizens kept demanding sewage and um, fresh water and electricity. So I got all those things. I ended up within about half an hour becoming an absolute tyrant, maxing the taxes out, putting all these wow. policies in and um, – it worked really well in my favour. So, uh, wow, wow! In half an hour, <laughs> yeah, with imaginary power. Uh, so, uh, no. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> good thing that doesn't happen with real power, Hadro. Hey, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, what, what have you been up to? Uh, um, yeah, I've been like remaining in a like a, I guess a little island of calm mm-hmm. here in in suburban Brisbane. Uh, we've got our got our. I mean, like I've mentioned previously, like we, I went and just bought a whole bunch of stuff way before any of the panic set in. Um, so we had plenty, we've got plenty of supplies here and, um, I don't think I've been out of our little, little house area for at least a week. I've got, I bought some, um, I ordered some, uh, like, like resistance band workout equipment. So I've just been using that to stay fit. That's actually working surprisingly well, getting out in the sun and doing that. It's great. Um, I uh, we've been ordering produce from like a local farmers nice. market. They just deliver it every yeah. week. It's all, um, so we got all our fresh stuff. We got so much like long life stuff that um, uh, we haven't really had a need to go out much. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, we're just you know we, we 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 get out in our back garden every day and 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 do things and like obviously I've had a I've actually still been really busy, which has been um, which has been good. Yeah, you've had a, some strange things going on there. What's what's been happening there? Yeah, so I um I've had a phone for like the last four years, and and it's and it's you know gradually been dying a slow and painful death. And I knew that I had two options: like either I factory reset the phone and start from scratch, or I could get something new. And I've got this like big pink line down the phone too, which has been there for like two years. So <laughs> it was kind of, I, I made I made the call and said, look, I'm going to get a new phone. So um, but but what I was what I wanted to do with this new phone was to not just you know, stick with the standard Android installation that was on it. I wanted, there's a new privacy operating system that's been, uh, it's all open source. It's been being worked on for about, I think about two years now. It was called ELO and they've just changed the name to E and it's like a slash E and then a slash. It's really weird naming, but uh, they've put together a great little operating system. So I bought the phone and I spent probably two days getting this thing fully set up. And the reason it took me so long was because <laughs> I followed the wrong guide <laughs> when I got the phone, oh. um, which was which was, which was was not great. But um, once I kind of worked it out at like 2 a.m. what I'd done wrong, then I, uh, then it, I got it all set up pretty pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, put this put this privacy operating system on it. And the great thing is like it's completely Google free. Wow. So it's, it's just like op- the open source parts of Android are all in there mm-hmm. and you load it up and like, Basically, nothing has permissions, and the only thing that are installed on it are like open source applications and an open source app store. Awesome. And from there, you can like you can you basically build out the phone like you want, and uh, mate, super responsive, super fast. I've just been like every day to my wife, I've just been saying I'm just so happy with this this phone because mm. um, like I know that nothing's being sent away out of my phone that that I'm not approving. I know that like my webcam and my so my, my yeah my little camera and my Mike aren't spying on me. 
Yeah. So look, and look, and the, the setup, once I like got past my mistake, the setup was relatively painless and, uh, and they're actually working on like a great installer now too, that'll make it even easier. So massive props to the ELO project. We'll put the link in the show notes, uh, but I'm just like so happy to, to have like a private and secure phone that I can still basically run all my apps on. Um, that is awesome. Which is, which is brilliant. So, huh? yeah. How good. Cool. And, and and how's work been? Yeah. Uh, it's been strange, mate. Like, so things are, we'll cover some of the things that have happened over the last couple of weeks, I guess, later on. But um, yeah, just a lot of clients looking for guidance in their own unique situations. Everyone's got different situations. Some clients are obviously having a pretty significant downturn at the moment. Um, uh, issues with their, their leases because, you know, they're paying very large leases but not getting yeah. the money in. And then some clients are just like, I've got, I, I work for a lot of technology clients and they are just, uh, some of them are just having an awesome time. Like they're having so much business because everyone's moving online wow. um, and they're really seeing an uptick in a lot of what they're doing. So yeah, just a lot of weird different situations from this. So it's been a strange couple of weeks. It's been quite busy. Everything's generally been quite urgent, but uh, yeah, look, I mean, my focus is just getting people through this. I think if we can get people mm-hmm. through this for the next few months People will work out whether their business is still viable or not. And uh, from there, you know, we can hopefully shepherd most of the businesses through and help them come out the other side. Mm. So, yeah. Awesome. Good. Good stuff. Cool. We opened up our audio editing software and we actually found this brand new feature, which is kind of random. You can set the input device um, to be a microphone. But there's a setting to change the dimension that your microphone comes from, and you can get a microphone from an alternative dimension. So we plugged it in and hit record, and this is the weird sound that escaped. Friend blink. Welcome to this week's FOMO show. Uh, we're just going to jump right into it. We've got an important discussion for you today. This virus is something we should absolutely be panicking about. Just stay inside. Don't leave. Even if your house is on fire, stay inside. Now, it's really important to, to say that, look, if you leave, you will kill someone. You, you, going outside your house will result in someone dying. So the question we'd ask you from our the, the caring staff here at the FOMO show is, do you want to be a murderer? Didn't think so. No. No, neither do we. So you should just stay inside. Yeah, I Simple. Mean- I've been reporting on my neighbours' every movement to the police. Um, I'm pretty suspicious that they're a, an asymptomatic carrier of, of this uh, this virus. So, yeah, I've set up drone surveillance to watch their every move. And, uh, yeah, neighbourhood watch is on speed dial. Yeah, look, and, like, I, I'm, I'm kind of wishing that, that Joe, like, I, I was in the UK where you're from because, you know, over there they can be detained for being... You know, anyone can be detained for being suspected of being infected. They can be dragged away to police. Some great accommodation. Um... Yeah, or even if you're a lone paddle boarder in Los Angeles, uh, apparently you can uh, now get arrested by water police because that, that's uh, unnecessary travel. Yeah, well, I mean, it is completely. I mean, you know, there's a, a big risk of you spreading the virus out there in yeah. the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. So I, I, I'm fully on board with the wonderful work that the water police over there mm-hmm. in LA are doing, and I think they they really should keep it up. I, I feel a lot safer, even over here in Australia. Mm. Now, there, it's important to all of our listeners to know there's reliable and trustworthy information coming from authorities, as you'd expect. Yeah, look, I've downloaded the official government app uh, to get the most up-to-date information to keep me really calm and informed. I feel like that's exactly what I need. Yeah, I know we wouldn't normally say this, but this isn't a normal situation. So it's time to abandon our belief in individual privacy 
because look, this virus is killing millions of people. So we have to do some really important things. Firstly, we've got to track everyone's real-time location. It's the only way to iron the bulge. Yeah, look, I'm just glad we've had Google refining this tracking stuff for years. And I think we really should be uh, thinking about just installing mass Google apps on our phone. I mean, I've just, uh, you know, redone my phone. I, I put a stock Android install on it now that, that maybe, you know, cut out a few of those Google apps, but I'm now going back through and installing everything I possibly can from Google, including all their safety apps, because I think that's really important for us to make sure that we can be uh, appropriately surveilled for our own safety. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You can't be trusted. I mean... Yeah, the good thing we got the World Health Organization here, the you know, beacon of hope on the hill. You know, that's that's good. Um, it's good that we've got you know such strong, resolute re- leaders at the top. I mean, the data we're working on is rock solid. I mean, you can compare one country to another. It's just as simple as apples to airplanes, really. You know, they both start with an A. Um, data is solid. Yeah, and look, it's just great that governments have thrown together multi-thousand-page documents overnight with with life-saving financial packages. I mean. That seems like a completely reasonable, and, and I'm, I'm very trusting that there won't be anything bad inside. I mean, I, 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 I have full faith in our public officials that they will not use this crisis for any kind of advantage Absolute or to, perish to, to slip in perish any kind of legislation that could be bad for us. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so good, so strong. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And look, uh, one other thing I would say too, like uh, I'm just really glad that um, we can print money in situations like this. You know, like I think without the ability for governments to print money. Um, just throw money uh, at the problem. That's what we need to do. In such, such a bad position. Yeah, yeah. Was, exactly, mm. exactly. Mm. I mean, that's, that's worked for the entirety of human history. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's going to be really, really positive for us as citizens that um, so much money is being printed so quickly. Ooh. Oh. Um, Physics.exe is broken. Yeah, that Out was... Yeah, this 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 um, interdimensional microphone you found. <laughs> I'm speechless. I don't know what to say. All I can say is uh, buy Kraft Heinz shares because they own the Kool Aid. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! It is just ridiculous. We're in a time of ridiculousness. We well, are. How many how many financial crises have we had in the last decade? Yeah, two, two. I think that's two we've had in the last what? decade or so now. Well, twelve years, I guess you'd say, but like. I don't know, mate. I feel like we've got to say, like, for, for, for our alter egos there, um, uh, it doesn't sound like they're learning the lessons that we probably should have learned uh, and <laughs> in, from, from, you know, from the last 50 years or so, um, particularly now. Um, like, we just continue to trust the same people with control of money um, and we continue not to blink when a select few get the benefit of that control, particularly in situations like this. Yeah, like it's it's just a bit – isn't it weird that we had in Queensland at least everyone could go out to vote just just the other week? Yeah, yeah, like the, 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 all the messaging was, you know, stay at home, stay at home, we need to stop the spread, stop the curve. Um, but there were these ele- council elections slated for uh, – was it last Saturday I think it was? And uh, basically it was like, oh, but we can't, you know, we can't not vote. Like that has to happen. Like everyone, like everyone was social distancing all week, and then it was like, but you need to go vote. You know, if you don't vote, you'll get fined. Freedom stops for no virus. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Some so things true. are more important, Joe. Yeah. Well, I couldn't Some actually turn up to vote because I'm not allowed back through the border. <laughs> there you go.
Are you certain you're private and safe online? You can check out our uh, new resource. Oh, it's not so new anymore, but uh, it's at FOMO.show slash privacy. And it's a great repository of our favorite tools to understand and improve your online security and uh, and and probably commit thought crimes in this this current climate. Mm, that, that is going to be hidden information that the government doesn't want <laughs> you to know. <laughs> you know, title. Uh, apart from that, uh, if you're new to cryptocurrency and blockchain check, check out our definitely not so new blockchain basic series, which covers the fundamentals. It starts from episode two and continues till episode eight. And if you do listen to that, please ignore any predictions we, we made during that time. Um, the information is solid. But the, uh, the, the what we did with that information, probably not so much during those episodes. And so. you can apply that same logic to this episode. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, mate, it's time to deal with the, uh, the, the, the molecularly sized virus in the room. <laughs> You're watching the British Emergency Broadcasting System. The estimated date is March or November 2013. It's 19 hours. So now, as usual, it's time for the quiz broadcast. Hello, good evening, and remain indoors. <laughs> this is the quiz broadcast, coming to you every Friday, the same day as your food parcels. <laughs> so chow down on a protein fudge, take whatever injections are recommended in your sector, and prepare to enjoy the show! So, at least a quarter of the planet is under house arrest. No, quarantine, Joe. Quarantine. Uh, unable to uh, meet and discuss what's going on. Uh, no, no, Joe, that's social distancing. Sorry, sorry. Uh, strapped to a TV with a daily death count update and limited to what social media outlets and Google allow to pass through the filter bubble. Uh, but what's going on in the economy in the meanwhile? Yeah, the, well, there is just money everywhere, Joe, in the economy. So, there's bailouts going on of big businesses. There's... Um, lots of small to medium enterprises, on the other hand, that just aren't getting the benefit of that. There's a, been a $2 trillion um, stimulus package uh, announced by the, I think that's the first tranche too. I think altogether it, it ends up being something like $6 trillion, uh, for, for for America. And it includes uh, $1,200 to every American earning less than $75,000 per year. Yeah, the kicker is I think it's something like eighteen dollars or $17,000 is being spent for every American, <laughs> and they're getting Jeez. a tiny amount of it. But uh, yeah. look, it's a payday for big businesses. I mean, you've seen some major businesses that are being talked about getting bailed out, like Boeing's one of them. Here's an interesting one. United Airlines, right, they were going to get this $25 billion bailout. After they pressured employees to push for this bailout, then they were just like, oh, we're going to end up laying off a bunch of our staff. Yeah, <laughs> wow, so some good dividends going to the shareholders of United Airlines. wild, yeah. <laughs> We're just rewarding businesses with an awful financial position, hey? Yeah, look, it's funny, mate. I was looking through the list of businesses that uh, that were getting this, like, a lot of this bailout. Yeah. Uh, and Boeing were one of them. Um, uh, and uh, I think Lockheed Martin were another. And like, uh, the, the more I looked down the list, the more I was like, hang on, this this list feels familiar to me. And what it, what it looks, parts of it looked like was the, uh, the uh, list of... Def- Major defense contractors, the United States. Um, so, I'm not sure if uh, if that has any any bearing um, on who gets the benefit of these these bailouts, but uh, it's just very interesting to me. Mm, suspicious, yeah. So, mm. businesses are getting offered more loans and debt um, for a lot of the smaller businesses and medium businesses. Uh, so, it just means more debt that they're taking on. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they'll have to pay for that debt uh, in a lot of the ways. It's a similar. Sh- 
package is working and uh, there's companies laying off a lot of staff. So in the US, uh, 6.65 million have filed for unemployment the other week. That's like 4% of the working population. That is you know. awful. That must be terrible. Yeah. It must be awful being in one of those situations. I mean, yeah. you know, I've, I've got family members who've been furloughed, so that's like put on sort of put on leave Stand indefinitely. In. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the UK government is actually paying 80% of furloughed workers' wage costs, which is going to cost a huge amount of money. And, you know, small businesses and the self-employed, they're getting absolutely wiped out around yeah. the world. And it's terrifying because imagine you're being told that your business isn't essential and you have to close it down but you have to keep paying your staff yeah 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 it's it's, crazy it's it's a strange position man there's there's seems to be all these knee-jerk policies coming out or just things that like parts are getting benefits others aren't um but but the like what what it's looking like is it's looking like a (laughs) <laughs> resembling a more and more just a giant socialist system where, where everyone's subsisting on on, uh, on on government money. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and look, Australia is, uh, I mean, this this is one that we've obviously watched happen. I mean, they've announced a $300 billion package. What? Okay, um, I haven't been paying attention clear, closely yeah, enough. Yeah, huge, huge package. Uh, so they've, they've announced $1,500 per fortnight for um, – People who are like looking for jobs on the job seeker payment they call it, and also people who've um, who've basically like either been furloughed themselves, like stood down, or have lost their jobs. Um, they've wow. also said that, uh, uh, yeah, so like similar to what the, uh, the the British government is doing, I think um, they've also the government have also come out and said that uh, statutory demands, which is basically like if you are if, if you're a business or a person and you owe another business some a lot of money, they can. Um, basically serve like what's called a statutory demand on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't pay the money or take it up in court, um, they can then file that as like a default and uh, use the court to enforce the demand. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that, that's been basically the response for that time for that, I think was like 14 days mm-hmm. and they've moved that out to six months. And wow. they've also said that, uh, yeah, that's like a huge move out. They've also said that our directors of companies here um, they're giving like an amnesty for insolvent trading for six months. Wait, does that mean you can trade when you're completely dead? Yeah, when you're so so like at the moment in Australia, if you're a company, you've got a duty not to trade insolvent, which means like you know basically like if you owe you got no cash in the bank and you owe money, that's basically you're in, you're insolvent. You're not actually right, insolvent. Right. Um, and uh, and they've said okay for the next six months. Uh, you know, we we prefer you didn't, but we're not going to uh, to do to do anything. Uh, we're not going to like commence any action against you for doing that. Wow, which is pretty crazy because that's like that's like probably one of the most scary duties you have as a director of a company here in Australia. So, so does this mean that yeah, you, know, you can just put your business in an even worse position if you're trading insolvent, or does it give you the opportunity to get out of it as well? Basically to get out of it. And like, so, cause if you're still trading insolvent in six months, then you'll need to file for insolvency. Right. Um, but I think it's just to let people kind of let the dust settle, right. Um, right. not worry about their duties, you know, maybe see what's, what it's like in three months and then make a decision. So okay. that one, I'm actually not like, that one I'm, 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 I think is, you know, from from one perspective, is a very good idea, right? Um, right because right. it kind of gives people a bit of an amnesty. I mean, obviously, you know, there's a lot of room for abuse there as well. But um, no, that makes sense. Yeah, right. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, they've done other things, like they um, they've ordered that certain loans be frozen. Um, 
health insurance aren't allowed to increase their premiums this year. Nice. Uh, there's access to early tax rebates as well. So, but the, but but the you know that's some of the stuff, but a lot of it is just stimulus all over the place. Mm. Like, um, I think sole traders and other businesses can get access asset, access to up to a hundred thousand um, dollars of uh, of kind of like assistance money, depending on how bad things are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure. I haven't actually looked into the strings attached to that just yet. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, there's 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 a, a fair amount going on here in Australia. Wow. So all this is just pay by more debt. Uh, debt and uh, and money printing. Yeah. Oh. I mean, uh, I think our government has kind of given up on uh, on the illusion that everything is paid for by debt, and they've just essentially given the Reserve Bank authority to to just start firing up the digital money printing machines. Wow, that a rip, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. So, so how big is this compared to so what some of the other countries are doing? Yeah, th- this is a scary thing uh, for Australia. Like this is, from what I saw, this was the fifth to sixth largest stimulus announced in the world, um, like by monetary amounts. So um, it's bigger than a lot of other com- countries with much larger GDPs. Mm. Mm. That's terrifying. Which is crazy for it's a country we're in a of 25 pretty million. bad position financially if that's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One yeah. thing that I did see is that, yeah, you're allowed to withdraw $10,000 from your superannuation, which is like your pension um, if you're not from Australia, um, in the next couple of quarters, which is basically, you know, some people, yeah, it's you can it makes sense. You know, if you're unable to pay, pay your rent and stuff like that, um, then, you know, it gives you access to extra cash. In another way, you're actually robbing yourself of that future earnings of it, which is kind of scary in the other ways. But yeah, mm. eh, there is. And you could put it in Bitcoin, of course. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what people do with that. I mean, we're we're talking internally here in our household for what we do with that because uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm a lot more confident in the uh, the long term viability of Bitcoin than uh, than the Australian dollar. So mm. at the moment, with mm. everything that's going on, so yeah, mate, it's it's an interesting one. Mm. Um, but uh, as part of that too, our, uh, our wonderful treasurer has been given blanket power. To, so, so Parliament's shut down for five months, so Parliament won't meet, won't pass any laws. Cabinet can still meet and do some things, but uh, but our treasurer has been given blanket power to basically do whatever he wants with $50 billion over the Far next five out. months from July 1. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, so previously that was $1.1 billion, so it's basically like 50 times um, – the, the previous like discretionary spending budget. Um, so, uh, yeah, just, you know, the moral of the story is don't ever let a good crisis go to waste. Far out. That is insane. <laughs> it's like, wow. They just chuck him a bit of money and say, yeah, we'll leave you to it and go on holiday. Yeah. Holy. Sheesh. That, that's some crazy stuff that they've been putting through here. It's pretty much lunacy here. Um, I think we're slowly becoming unhinged. And uh, and yeah, there's just money appearing all over the place, mate. It's just materialising mm. everywhere. So you were talking last episode about you know how they often bring in capital controls uh, to you know, stop mm. the, stop the flight of money abroad. But I thought it's brilliant that you can't. There's no need to block people taking money out of ATMs if a people are terrified of cash and b you're not allowed to leave your house. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you don't. Need- <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. I mean, we like we're getting everything online at the moment, which is uh, which is all digital. So um, yeah, like we we've got some cash, but like yeah, good luck using it at the moment. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit further afield. I'm just we're just going to go through a couple of the other bits of fallout that are worth noting. The European Union is really starting to fall apart at the seams. Um, 
what you've what we've seen from the start of this coronavirus you know, um, chaos is that the EU have done ap- almost absolutely nothing. There's been no unity, no help. It's every country for themselves, no brother brotherhood. Italy's been left on their own. They asked for help, but it, they get got barely any of it. And then you see Russia taking advantage of it. Um, you know, the tough situation and got a massive PR coup by sending plane loads of supplies to both you know, Italy and America and all these other countries. Mm. But you see these strained medical systems in Europe falling apart, but awful leadership, and people are really starting to question what that European project is all about. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a really interesting one to watch just because you're seeing, like, it's not the EU is making this response, the EU is making that response. Like, Italy is saying this. Spain is saying this. France is saying this. So you're completely right, mate, from an optics perspective, looking on. Um, the EU kind of doesn't even feel like it really exists at the moment. Mm, only to uh, print money with a central bank. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty scary. You, you also heard it. We all, we all heard that Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister of the UK, got it. That's kind of, yikes. Uh, yeah, pretty, yeah, yeah. He's, he's self-isolating at the moment, governing. And then, and, then, uh, and I think... Um, Prince Charles got it as well, didn't he? Oh, yeah, he was in self-isolation. I don't know if he got it, but I really hope... Because, yeah, Boris Johnson, he meets with the... The Prime Minister is supposed to meet with the Queen once a week, I believe it is, as part, mm. of, part of tradition. You know, you've got to go and see the yeah. real, like, monarch. Um, yes. But then, yeah, I really hope he didn't infect her because, you know... Or he's politically toast if he did infect yeah. the Queen. But secondly, yeah. we'd have to get a whole load of new stamps, new banknotes, and, yeah, that's that's not what I want right now, to be honest. No, 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 and 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 like, I mean, we, you know, God, I love the Queen. But you do, yeah, you do, you do, uh, and everything she stands for. Um, <laughs> lovely, uh, mate. There's I'm not a been monarchist anymore, am I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. There's been some some really interesting social fallout and some real mm. brewing that's happening. Because look, everyone here is locked indoors. Most most people are locked indoors unless you're a freedom loving person breaking the rules. Um, mm. but yeah, you've shame on you. <laughs> it's true. But I mean, you you've you got real potential increases in depression and suicide, not just from the lockdowns and cabin fever and the civil unrest that comes with that, but also yeah. we you see that during financial crises and times like that, depression rates are massive and they shoot through the roof and and suicide rates go up, drug abuse goes up, mm. and, and even just a less of a you know, um, problem uh, than, you know, people committing suicide. But you've got, you know, think of all the people who've got their children at home and they're trying to work. Like, yep. I can barely, I like, I can do my work, but imagine having kids running around at the same time. How are you feeling <laughs> in that situation? I mean, I'm fine. I think because our little one isn't isn't old enough to run in on her own bat yet. I mean, I've, I've been, and I, look, I do take care of her a fair bit um, in here when I want to give my wife a break and mm-hmm. she'll just play and then eventually she'll kind of want to do things with me and then I'll you know, either stop and do stuff with her or I'll take her back out to um, right. to, to my wife. But uh, I had been on a few conference calls this week where like other guys have been at home and then their kids have come in and I don't know, like it's, it, I, I think some people cope, are coping better than others. Um mm. Uh, I think some people's kids are, you know, kind of a bit better behaved than others, I think. And I guess um, it also comes down to if your kids can speak and talk and yeah. ask why. Yeah. And that would yeah. be a real struggle. Because if we're at home, then it's playtime, right? Yeah. Yeah, completely. Um, and, like, I think once the like once the schools really start getting their, like, their um, yeah, remote education sorted out, then, you know, you, you may be able to plop them in, in a different room and let them kind of, 
keep going on with their schooling. But yeah, look, there's there there is more work there. Um, I guess you got to factor in too, though, that you're getting probably an hour back each way from your commute. True. Um, and uh, and yeah, I know there's um, oh, there has been. I think there's still a lot of family daycares that are operating too. Um, uh, and just kind of you know being a lot more careful about who comes in and who goes out. But uh, mm. yeah, I mean, I heard something really interesting. Um, about China, like so, so basically, like they were, they were having, uh, they've seen a huge spike in divorce rates over wow. in China from all this work from home stuff. Huh. Um, not only because like couples have to live, like basically share the same house. Um, uh, like, you, so you think about like a couple that's that works a lot, right? Yep. They're in, um, they're you know out working all the time, uh, Monday to Friday, uh, Saturday, Sunday. They kind of go out with friends. Don't spend a lot of time at home, apart from at night time, and all of a sudden they've got to spend all their time at home with each other all the time. For some couples, that sounds great, but for other couples, it, it sounds like it's put a lot of strain on their relationship. And there's actually been a lot of like allegations of infidelity and all sorts of stuff that's gone on over in China. Wow! Um, just because the patterns of behaviour have changed so much, and like you know, it's hard. Like if you're someone that's you know engaging in that kind of thing, like you can't kind of talk discreetly with with uh with these people like you normally would and wow. um so it's yeah it's been some really interesting <laughs> side effects from nice. from all this work from home stuff um but i i wonder oh. what's i wonder what's going to go on with this whole cabin fever thing because i don't know my house in brisbane is tiny so i'm out in the country now so it's you wouldn't even know there's a virus going on being out here mm. but i wonder what will happen when some people who are locked inside who aren't allowed to go to work because they're from a non-essential business how long they're going to be happy to sit at home until they're just going to be like, look, I want to just go to work and make money. So I, you know, I don't care if I get the virus. I just want to make an income. You, yeah. know, you wonder how long it'll be until that kicks in. Yeah. If at all. Yeah. Yeah. And then how, how that will be policed with all these new standards and, and um, you know, what people's, yeah. Like when do people just get that desperate that they, or, you know, that, yeah, full of cabin fever that they just decide to go out. And stuff the consequences. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a really interesting one. Uh, it's like pretty unprecedented for all of us. Um, there's now countries I saw talking about the 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 uh, the restrictions on movement applying into next year. What? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where was it? Was it Denmark or Sweden or somewhere? Maybe anyway, Sweden, they were, yeah, yeah, they were talking about. Um, yeah, maybe in Finland or Denmark or somewhere like that, uh, somewhere up in the Scandinavian region, I think, uh, which kind of raised my eyebrows because, yeah, like we, I mean, we've been saying for a while that it's once these powers are granted, um, it's a bit of a slippery slope, you know, like it's easier to get people to do this again mm. um, and to not relax all of the, the standards hmm. that they've set. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's jump. We'll, we'll get a touch on that a little bit later. But, but before we get to that, let's talk about the internet that's starting to fall apart. Yeah. Um, telecom infrastructure from billions of people sitting at home is starting to come under a bit of strain, right? Yeah, I mean, so the telecom infrastructure is kind of set up based on, uh, in a lot of countries, based on behavioural patterns. So where, particularly where it's been done by like a government, um, that it'll only be really set up to deal with modelled internet behavior and just to make sure that kind of everyone's just getting uh, standard service and, mm -hmm. you know, and that's kind of the, what, the, the barometer for the infrastructure there. But of course, everyone's at home now a lot long, a lot more. Everyone's streaming a lot more Netflix and, uh, and Amazon Prime and, 
some places have really, really started to struggle under the weight, including Europe. Yeah, so um, Netflix, Google, Apple, Amazon, they've begun to restrict HD video streaming to reduce the data, data usage in Europe. Yeah, and look, in Australia, I mean, we, so we've had this NBN, uh, National Broadband Network, that's been been built. And uh, like, it was so funny, mate. Within like one or two days after everyone started working from home a lot more, there were all these articles popping up on Aussie, Aussie media basically about like the complaints across the various areas um, with the state of Aussie broadband. Um, there was tel- big telcos coming under pressure. Mm-hmm. There was even a, a site that like put out a pretty funny satire <laughs> right <laughs> right into it, just like at the start of the crisis. The headline was, working from home cooled off after nation experiences an hour of the National Broadband Network. Yeah, and they said workers across Australia have today decided to just brave the coronavirus and head into work after declaring it couldn't be worse than spending the next two months relying on the absolutely awful National Broadband Network. Yeah. <laughs> it's been absolutely insane. I mean, you've seen a lot of these telecoms firms, they've closed call centres internationally because of the virus, which means call wait times are up. Plus, on top of that, the complaints are up. I mean, it's, yep. uh, for example, my, my girlfriend, she's just moved into an apartment, been waiting two weeks for internet, which she's already paid for and they've already billed her. Can't get wow. through to complaints, can't get through to support, can't get through to anyone. She's been waiting wow. weeks and they've sent multiple contacts. Just needs to be connected to be able to use the internet for work. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's, it's all over the place. And there's uh, the, the, the ombudsman who kind of like facilitates all the complaints and keeps uh, telcos in check. They've extended twice now, and I think they're going to do it again, complaint uh, like waiting period requirements essentially. So like telcos have gone from having five days to deal with a complaint out to 15 days. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, so there, so it's just the, the Aussie internet infrastructure in particular is just uh, groaning under the pressure simply because like it was already bad. Like <laughs> the NBN was not good even when all this wasn't happening, but now it is just shocking. I mean, I, I I've had days where I've had, 10 to 20 dropouts in a day. Wow. You know, which just makes video conferencing and all that kind of stuff kind of hard. So long story short, the internet is just, it's, it's not being built for this. No. Wow. Well, the good news uh, is that surveillance is going up all around the world. Yeah, so governments have, um, have mobilised usual surveillance to contain the spread of the virus. Um, There's a few different examples that have happened. In Hong Kong, for example, all new arrivals in the city have to go undergo two weeks of self-quarantine, which is you know, pretty standard across the world. But while wearing an electronic wristband that connects to a location tracking app on your phone... Yeah, now if the app to text changes in your location, it will alert the Department of Health and the police. Mm. And the Singaporean government, for example, has implemented policies that basically you, when, when you enter the country, uh, you've given your contact information um, and basically they're collecting all of this data on people who are infected, uh, you know, where they live, where they work, who, who their contacts are. And then as soon as um, you know, somebody get, becomes infected, they do all this contact tracing, but it shows the power of the technological big data of tracing everyone that you've come into contact with. You know, your uh, suspected associates, as they might call it in other situations. Yeah, yeah. And look, while the measures have thus far seemed to yield positive results, they've highlighted the technological capability and power of the government to monitor the movements and the lives of every individual. Mm. Um, 
And then, then look, let's look at China. They already had one of the best surveillance states in the world. Um, and, you know, now it's just even more surveillance and, you know, more lockdowns. And, you know, good luck if you're a Uyghur. Yeah, you know, it's it's, it's gone to the next level there. And, I mean, um, like, it seems like we're, we're all following the blueprint a couple of months later for what, what China was doing in response to the virus. Mm. So, uh, look, even Israel and Iran have also been deploying surveillance technologies in their uh, cities as well. Yeah, Israel turned on their mobile phone tracking to, to track that down and, yeah. Look, MIT had a really foreboding piece that, that came out just recently Um which was basically saying that we're not going back to normal after this. Yeah. Now, MIT don't usually do any sort of clickbait and stuff like that, but they were saying, look, get ready for regular quarantines. You know, like when when we all go back to work and stuff, you know, the virus will start kicking around again and then we're going to have pockets of these things. So every now and then we're going to have to go into quarantine a few times a year, more surveillance, which isn't going to come back forever. Now. Yeah. And that's coming out of MIT and MIT's technology review, and it's it's quite a, a strange, strange world we live in. Um, and that's before we even talk about the proper economic fallout. That's you know to sum that sort of stuff up. Yeah, because I mean this this is this is very likely to be a depression. Mm. I mean we're we're getting into um, what's this like the the second or third month now where the virus has really been kicking around hard. Yeah, um, and it still doesn't feel like it's even properly arrived yet in many, many countries. Mm. Um, and so like supermarkets are moving to essential goods, inf- imported food prices are going up, jobs are on hold. I mean, all the markers are there mm. for uh, like a prolonged uh, depression. Yeah, home buying demand is going down, financial liabilities are going up for you know, company directors, debt delinquencies going up from both businesses and people. You know, if people can't pay their mortgages or their car debt, or their, you know, their string of houses that they own. You know, good luck yeah. banks is what I say. Is uh, well, not that they need it, but I mean, yeah, this is the G- this is the global financial crisis, but done properly. You know, mm. like done, we've mm. done a good job <laughs> this time. <Yeah. laughs> wow. Well, nothing really got fixed last time. That was the problem. You know, like that. And I, I mean, well, what did we try and do last for time? a long time? Oh, we just threw some money at it, yeah, and then that was about it. Yeah, and what were you saying? The solution? Bailed, was bailed this time? A, I mean, the US just bailed out a few, few, few banks, let and motor companies, and let other ones fail, and that was about it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so what were you suggesting that we, uh, we should do in the long and short? Well, I mean, for me, like what what we're looking at is like, okay, so this is a bit of a trend now, um, and our country's printing a bunch of money. They're like the US are printing a bunch of money. Everyone's printing a bunch of money. For us. Um, we're looking at, okay, well, what's going to hold its value over the longer term, you know? And that seems to be historically gold, silver, and now Bitcoin. Mm, mm, mm. And it's important to note physical gold and silver, if it's anything, because the amount of yeah. gold and silver on the market is completely different to the amount of physical gold. It might be easy to buy silver on the digital market um, you know, online and have, you know, a note that says somebody has a, your silver in a safe, but... You're, you're going to find it's very difficult to buy gold and silver in the shops and physical gold and silver. So that's the stuff that's got some real value to it. Yep. Uh, yep, completely. And and you don't know what the solvency of those companies are acting as custodians is either, mm, particularly at the moment. Mm. So just remember the creditors always have priority. Wow. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. The solution to all of this is uh, let's print more money because you know it worked last time. So why wouldn't it work this time? 
Yeah, mate, there's a great meme floating around the internet at the moment uh, with like a, just, you know, the, one of the meme characters just going brrrr, like just spinning up the money, print, money printers. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's what's going on. Yeah. That's exactly what's going on. Um, we'll put a link to one of them. <laughs> yeah, there's a great a great organization called the Mimetic Institute. Uh, they made a website called brr.money, which basically <laughs> you can just drag a slider and just get the money printers going higher. They also made a they also made a virtual Federal Reserve game online where you basically become the head of the Federal Reserve and get to print as much money as you want, uh, which is wow. another project of theirs, which is kind of entertaining. But uh, wow. there was a really interesting headline that came out of the Babylon Bee. Uh, the they used to be a satirical news organization. They now just a news organization. Uh, their headline: <laughs> Toilet paper crisis solved as government prints trillions of fresh soft dollar bills. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a good, look. If you're not listening, uh, like uh, reading the Babylon Bee, it's really worth it. They've got so many good things coming out um, at the moment. Like they really a reverent look at at everything that's going on. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it just speaks to the, the, the state of the money. And I actually saw a really funny one as well. Like if you're looking for a bit of a, a lighthearted look at the situation um, with an Aussie spin in it. Um, so Steve Irwin's son, I think his name is, is it Rob? Um, he did a video just a couple of days ago because they're on lockdown in the Australia Zoo at the moment. So like him and his um, family have basically got this whole zoo Um which has no guests in it at the moment, you know, um, to do stuff in. And he, uh, he goes searching for some rare species and he, like, he finds a, a roll of toilet paper and like a, just, <laughs> and like a, and some hand sanitizer. It's just, it's just brilliant. Like he's, he, 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 um, like he was only like one or two, I think when Steve passed away, but like, he's just got so much of his dad that it'll, um, it'll give you a really, really big smile. <laughs> oh mate, please do find a link on that, man. I yeah. yeah I'll, I'll find a link for that one, put it in the show notes. Mm. Yeah, long story short, debt is going up, um, which is kind of scary. And uh, Peter Schiff, the big gold bug, has been saying, you know, he reckons he wrote a book before the previous financial crisis on, you know, the big financial crisis that would one day happen. And when the last crisis happened, he said, look, this isn't it. He's been saying the last few weeks, he's saying this is the real, the, the crash that he's been talking about. So take his opinion for what it is. You know, he th- also thinks Bitcoin is pointless, but, you know, you can see why that is because. Doesn't really, he's not a big technology person, but um, yeah, <laughs> he's running a gold company as well. Yeah, true. Uh, but um, <laughs> yeah. fascinating. He's got some really fascinating insights, though. You know, even if you disagree with him on Bitcoin, he's been podcasting almost daily the last few weeks. So yeah, fascinating mm. stuff from him. But, yeah, isn't it just weird? We keep talking about digital cash and digital currency coming in. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's uh, it's it's been something that's been a real hot topic. Um, and uh, yeah, it looks like the cashless society is is coming here pretty quick. Well, let's look at some of the positive, heartwarming bits of news uh, out of this coronavirus. What are some of the good things that have come out of this thus far? So big big thing is that, uh, that that's just bringing a real big smile to our faces is that people are starting to learn how money is actually made in our current system. Yeah, that, people are just openly questioning the idea of printing money. I've seen so many comments saying, why should I pay tax if the government can just print money? Yeah, and look, I, I think this is um, it's like it's a great question, and it's a question I think that all started us on this journey into getting into things like Bitcoin. Um, and I think it's great for stuff like Bitcoin. I mean, smart people are going to, to be researching how money actually works, and then at the end of it, they're going to go, "So wait, like you're telling me what I've been storing most of my value in can be printed in basically into crazy inflation." Um, on the command of like a few unelected officials, 
Mm. Um, you know, okay, well, that's not great. So where else should I put it? Like, is there, is there money that doesn't have that? Like, is there something else? And, you know, invariably they'll find their way to something like Bitcoin. Um, mm. So I think it's, I think it's great for, um, for Bitcoin. And it's been really interesting seeing it talked about in the news too, because a lot of, I found a lot of news sites now are, are saying, gold and Bitcoin now. They're not just talking about gold anymore. It's like mentioned in the same breath as gold, Bitcoin. So um, it's super interesting watching that really start to take effect. Scarce, scarce assets, not <clears throat> assets that just can be made out of nowhere. It's a good point. 100%. Yeah, interestingly, the tech industry is doing really well in some ways. Yeah, like, I, I mean, this, this everyone's moved to work from home. So a lot of industries are, that have really lagged in their digital transformation, like a lot of traditional professional services, um, companies that have kind of gone half into digital digitization, but are really lagging behind. They're having to get into it in a big way now. I mean, they've for so long, a lot of these places have had big offices in the middle of the city, forced their employees to have long commutes and said that it's absolutely necessary. Mm. Well, have a look at me now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's not that necessary now, is it? Like everyone's mm. working from home. Business can still be done. I think a lot of people are like everyone's jumping on Zoom to have team meetings mm-hmm. in the morning or other other um, uh, video conferencing apps. Yep. Like life is going on, you know. No, like for, for businesses that still have work, they're finding that they're able to do that work mm. just as well. Absolutely, absolutely, really well said. I mean. I'm a thousand kilometers away from my office right now. Well, actually, over a thousand kilometers. Still able to do my meetings. Still able to do my work. Pretty wild. You're probably actually able to do it better in a lot of ways too. Hey, there's fewer distractions, and I've yeah. got a cat always closer by. So yeah, it's pretty good. And then if I need to, I can just go for a stroll and then come back and get back to it. Yep. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Like this will permanently change how we work to various different degrees. For especially for us in the service industry, I should say. Completely, yeah. I think it's going to be a lot harder to tell your employees if you're in services that they need to come into work five days a week mm-hmm. uh, just to sit at their office and work at a computer just like they've been doing and just like they've been doing remotely. I mean, like something people are going to ask is like, shouldn't we just be able to do this over video? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, businesses will be able to, I guess, reevaluate a lot of the traditional high like operational expenditures that they've had like, you know, leases, printing, parking. You know, they'll be saying, do we really need an office in the middle of the city? What what benefit do we get from that? That's Which is pretty wild. And I guess conversely, that also means that, you know, uh, businesses like restaurants and cafes and stuff like that may actually be inversely affected where instead of, you know, booming in this, it's actually going to be a bit more of a struggle But mm. because mm. there will be fewer people maybe going into the cities. I don't know if I'm stretching that one out. No, no, no. I think you're right. I mean, I, I, um, I've got some clients in who do tech services in the re, in the res, the restaurant industry, and they say a lot of their clients are are really struggling. A lot of them are shutting down. Like, I think this will probably gut a lot of the restaurant industry. But at the same token, like a lot of them have been um, uh, moving to deliveries. Uh, like even like there's there's this like winery, city winery across across from um, near the firm that I um, do a fair bit of work for, and. Uh, and they um, they are now doing deliveries, you know, delivering wine and like fine dining meals to people, um, you know, and, and that would have just been unimaginable for a business like that um, a few months ago. Mm. But they're doing it to survive. So I think it may actually be a big move towards maybe restaurants also doing a lot more delivery. 
uh, at a lot less dining. Mm, mm, mm. What do you think is going to go in the health industry? Yeah, so t- health is really interesting. Uh, like there, there is now a big push for t- what they're calling telehealth, which is essentially like not going into the the, the hospital or the doctor's surgery or whatever, but doing it um, on the uh, like via video conferencing. Um, my wife uh, does a lot of stuff in audio um, and her organization have said that they're moving, geez, probably like over 50% of what they do to telehealth um, from all this. And that's gone from like from zero to 50%. Uh, is, it's, it's crazy. Like a lot of doctors I think are going to do similar. Like, because if I'm a doctor, like I'd much prefer my patients with symptoms I don't need to physically yep. check um, just to dial in, yeah. particularly if they're yep, contagious, yep, yep. you know. Um, and I, I think you, what you're actually going to see, and we'll, we'll touch on like some of the opportunities for companies a little bit further on, but like what you're probably going to see is like there might be new inexpensive diagnostic equipment that can do a lot of the stuff that doctors do right. for a standard yeah. checkup, uh, like in their in your own home, yeah. so like particularly for elderly, like like those computers you plug into cars. Yeah, yeah, completely. Like if you're an, an elderly person and you know you're going to be going to the doctor like once every mm-hmm. week, or once every two weeks, and you know that they check your heart, they check your uh, your, your ears or your mouth mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, they check your pulse. They, you know, you could build like you know companies could build a, a relatively inexpensive piece of equipment to do a lot of those more menial tasks, yeah. and then uh, all you need to do is just have an app where you send the results to your doctor at the start of your consultation. They look at it, they go, oh, you know, I can see your heart rate is whatever over whatever. Um, I can see your cholesterol's at this, mm. or like your, you know, your pulses, at the, you know, whatever it is. Um, and yeah, I think like be on the lookout for that kind of stuff because you know then that makes that makes it a lot less that you actually have to physically check mm. for a doctor. Mm-hmm. Wow. So there's yeah, that sounds like there's a got to be a lot of lot of changes coming up. So but bottom line though, there's a massive silver lining for for people who are who are. Uh, making the most of a, the situation. You've seen, uh, I read the story about a massage therapist who suddenly saw all their business drop, but they just started doing online classes. You know, here's how you can do stuff yourself, mm. um, things like that. So seeing how people shifted to that new paradigm, which is quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people are going to find new ways to do their business, which are going to be more convenient for a lot of people. Yeah, I, it, it's... It's going to really change things. I think it's going to it's it's doing a lot of the digital transformation we thought we'd have about five to ten years ago. It's doing it now um, because people are forced to do it instead of just kind of keeping up with doing things the old way. Mm. And it's also probably going to mean a lot more time at home for parents, uh, less time commuting, less burden on transport. Um, there's a lot of positives once all this shakes out. Yeah, absolutely. Virtual reality too. Yeah, you can virtually to. 500 plus museums and galleries from your couch. Uh, Google Arts and Culture have a collection of more than 500 different museums and galleries uh, that you can visit virtually. So there you go. Yep. And it's, it's also good, I think, that we're looking at yeah, healthcare stability, just back on the healthcare yep. point. It's good that we're moving away from this whole just in time logistics stuff with no yeah. stockpiles. You know, we're, we're discovering that, hold on, our country only has enough rice for the next three days. That's not yep. good. Like, it's really good that we're starting to you know, starting to see as a country, and it it's it's a, it's strange, but it takes the fire for you to start getting house insurance, yep. you know. Um, but it's good that we're starting to think. Okay, well, maybe we should start. You know, it's good for agriculture as well. Maybe we should start producing more stuff 
nationally or get, or shoring that up and putting more mm-hmm. effort on to, into that. Um, maybe we should start stockpiling things that are of national importance, like rice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, com- completely, completely, and that's going to be good for for agriculture. I think it's, it's I think it's good for people too. Like I think it's it's a good mentality for like you t- you shared last episode the um the lady that would you know just buy little bits of extra things all the time and i i think that's probably a, just going to be a good practice for people going forward just to just to make sure that they have a bit more in their cupboard so that they're not having to go out every few days to buy groceries absolutely yeah. absolutely well said cool so Kind of tying all this together then, uh, we've covered a lot of ground. Um, we just thought we'd kind of run through some of our thoughts uh, on, on the whole overarching situation. So, Joe, first of all, what do you think? Like, what's 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 your overall view on all this? Look, uh, my view's pretty uh, brutal, but I think we should let the big banks fail, let the big businesses fail, let businesses fail, let currencies fail. Don't bail things out. That's my idea is that bailing out is just – trying to trying to come in and intervene in a business that couldn't last on its mm. own and that's not a good thing you know um it, i think there's still tangible value underneath everything if we let everything fail i feel like we can recover faster um but if we you know i'm worried that if we're going to keep printing our way out of this we're going to bring on more debt kick the can down the road and create an even bigger future failure and it looks like that's what we're doing but I'm worried just because there's there's tangible value underneath everything, you know. So, like, even if our currencies fail, right, there's still, you know, a car is still valuable because it takes you from A to B. You know, there's metal that still has value that you can make things with, petrol, food, websites, um, roads, anything that people do for work is still valuable. You know, maybe it's, you know, the currency could change or whatever, but it's, I do feel there's still value in things, so we should just let businesses fail because you know we can still trade and things like that um yeah i think looking at these essential businesses the you know in the shutdown looking at those businesses that are still running those are interesting investment opportunities you know yeah. it's businesses that are pretty systemically important i guess you'd say yeah i mean this this is showing what people rely on isn't it like this is this is showing the things that people still make sure they need they still need food they still need internet um they still what, what else do they still need um uh power Water, yeah, rail transport. Yeah, there's a lot of things that come into this where it's just like those are the businesses. You know, the people who are like they're not shutting down the factories for Coca-Cola because people still drink a lot of Coca-Cola. Mm. It's a regular beverage. You know, mm. things like that. Um, but yeah, I, I I'll probably end on like uh, an unpopular opinion. I don't think we should be shutting down the entire economy to save grandma. Mm. Um, I think we should, what we should have been doing now, I'm not an expert in any way, but I think we should have been putting our focus on looking after the old people, looking after the old people's homes, putting isolation in those places and for the people who are really could be affected by this, but stopping the virus is like stopping the wind. So I feel like we're committing economic suicide in order to save your grandma. And I don't know, at some point, like we get in our cars and we know there are car ac- like car accidents every day. We don't ban driving. And I feel like, yeah. It's a bit of a weird one. I just worry that these emergency measures are going to last way too yeah. long. Yeah, mm. and be used a lot more often too. I think, like you know, what mm. what happens when the next bad sickness um, comes around? You know, do we do the same mm. thing again? Mm. Um, mm. Like, will everything go back to normal after after this has happened? Who knows? 
Like it's mm. really hard to really hard to say. So, so uh, what are your what are your thoughts on in, in summarizing some of that? So, I've got a friend called um, Cash, and he he does a lot in capital markets, um, and he said some really really interesting stuff to me that really made me stop and think about some of the wider implications of this. So he was he was basically saying that uh, like short term, this is actually really good for the US dollar. Um, right. which which makes no sense uh, when you first think about it because it's like, well, they're printing all this money. Like, how's this good for the US dollar? Um, but, um, but like, the US won't be immune, but, like, they've got the advantage of being the world's reserve currency and there's not a lot of liquidity internationally. And, and what you're seeing with what's going on is that people are kind of retreating to what they know. Um, and I know that, like, Russia and, and, and the other BRICS companies have been trying to kind of move people off the US dollars. Um, but yeah. a lot of reserve banks are now basically buying up US dollars as a hedge, uh, and that's what they generally do. Yeah. Like similar with a lot of funds. Um, so, like, I think I think all money printing is bad, but they're probably going to be a little bit more insulated from the effects of the money printing internationally than a lot of other company cur- currencies are, because like all the other currencies that are printing money, like they're not anywhere near in demand as much worldwide. Um, so they're they're yeah. effectively losing uh, losing strength relative to the US dollars because there's there's not as much demand. Um, so mm. he was saying like that, that short term that's actually like a good thing for the US. Long term, we're probably looking at like a prolonged period of stagflation in a lot of lot of um, countries around the world, um, and it will probably end up catching up to the US at, at the end as well. But like. I mean that that's that's probably more a macroeconomic level. I mean from 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 a mm-hmm. more micro level, particularly here in Australia, like some of the graphs are looking really scary. Like Australia has like the fifth or sixth biggest simulation package in the world, like we mentioned before, um, but we don't have anywhere near that GDP comparative to a lot of other countries. Yeah, um, we got yeah. like twenty five million population. Um, I'm I'm not a fan of stimuluses. I think they've never worked to fix the underlying long term issues. Like you were saying, mate, it only kicks the can further down the road and it just makes mm. each crisis worse. So like it's mm. like um you see these larger highs and larger lows, you know, like because before all this, we've got to remember like the Fed, the the Aussie government, Japan's government, everyone was like feeding all this money into the stock exchange to keep things moving, you know, particularly the Fed. Um, so it was like there were these massive highs and now we're starting to see a massive low. And I feel like this mm. like this century uh, of like Keynesian economics has kind of been like a coffee addict. You know, it's like we, we have these big highs and everyone's like, oh, things are great. And then we have these big lows and then we, we, we print, 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 kind of like stop the low going probably as low as it should to you know, rebalance everything, cut mm-hmm. away the fat. Shot of coffee. Yeah, cut away the bad businesses. And then we have another shot, you know, and then it goes back up again. But like what happens mm-hmm. with a coffee addict um, is that like your highs are really high to start with. But then um, gradually, the, the more coffee you drink, it kind of comes further down, further down, further down until like your high is actually just like what your normal energy level was before you started drinking a lot of coffee. Um, so you're saying we're just, our tolerance is up, so we're just drinking more coffee? Yeah, completely. But, but like our <laughs> highs aren't, our highs aren't um, as high each time anymore. Mm. You know, like we're, mm. we're, the graph is, if you're drawing a band, like the band is sinking lower and lower and lower. Um, uh, like mm. if you're looking at like uh, a um, a whole society perspective, so like, there are some people who are getting very rich, but like from a general perspective, it looks like things are just getting worse and worse and worse for 
the general countries and the general populations. So mm. I, I, I think like I think you're completely right, Matt. I think the the correct response to this was to let the market let everything self correct. Use this as an opportunity to trim away a lot of the bad business models, because people mm-hmm. people say, and this is probably another unpopular opinion. People say, oh, you know, well, it's super bad that these businesses are failing, and we can't have these things failing. But like, um, but you know, it's not like the need is going away. It's not like there won't be other companies that grow that grow up to serve that need. Yes, there might be some some pain in the short term, but eventually other companies will start up that will serve those those needs because. Like nature abhors a vacuum, you know, and the vacuum that's left by one company will probably bring up another company that's going to be a lot more um, uh, resilient and careful with how they build their company. Because the reason so many people are in trouble at the moment is because they've built their foundations on shaky soil. You know, they haven't built in margins. They haven't built in rainy day funds. They haven't been prudent with um, with the amount of cash they keep in bank. They rely completely on loans, lines of credit, um, you know, re- everything basically being business as normal. Um, and that's not a way that you should be running a responsible business. You know, you should be prepared mm. for, for, uh, for, the, for the downturns as well as the good times. So, mm. um, yeah, mate, I, um, uh, I, I, like one thing I will say is like this, uh, this $6 trillion stimulus that the, um, the U S is talking about, like, that like I, th- I think as humans we have such a hard time comprehending how much money that is, and I, I heard someone say recently that if I think it was Cortez was it Cortez that landed in Mexico with the conquistadors and went over to you know basically give the smallpox to all the Aztecs, um, right. well, whoever it was I forget, I'm forgetting the name of who actually landed there now um, Fernando Cortez or someone anyway. That he burnt the boats, you know, like he landed his troops, burnt the boats and said, we've got to take Mexico or, and we're not going home until we do. Um, if they, as long as well as the boats, burnt $20,000 worth US dollars every hour, um, so like they started, they put all money in a pile, $20,000, burnt it, and then an hour later they put another $20,000 in a pile, burnt that, and, yeah. and basically did that from that point in history up until now, so like hundreds and hundreds of years, Every hour, every day, every month, put twenty grand in in a pile, burn it. It still wouldn't amount to six trillion dollars. That's insane. Like it's a, it's an incomprehensible amount of money. I, I heard I, I heard another example the other day. I can't remember who it was from, but they were basically comparing you know a trillion seconds versus a million seconds, and yeah, it was basically like if you took a million seconds, that's like eleven days. If you took a billion seconds, that's like 30, 31, 32 years. If you took a trillion seconds, that's like 31,000 years, mm. almost 32,000 wow. years. It's like the difference between one million and one trillion is huge. Yeah. It's Crazy. just mind-boggling. We can't even wrap our heads around one trillion. Like one billion is hard enough, but one trillion dollars is just phenomenal. Yeah, it's, it's just impossible to... Um, to rationalize. So that's all short-term stuff. Uh, well, there's some long-term stuff in there, but like long-term, I think this is really good for Bitcoin. Um, I think yeah. we're really seeing now a case for a self-sovereign store of value with proven scarcity. Um, and that's what it was designed for. Like it was designed from, from the, in the, in the uh, aftermath of the last GFC. And now I think mm. it's really coming into its own. Um, uh, every other form of currency is being diluted like crazy. Um, I, I I do think that we may take advantage of this superannuation release 
uh, here in Australia and just buy some Bitcoin with it. Um, mm. uh, you know, I, I'm, I, we may buy some gold as well, um, mm. but I'm just looking for like stores of value at the moment where I know, you know, the money isn't going to be diluted um, because mm. fiat, like our national currencies are rapidly devaluing at the moment. Um, mm. And like we've, we've only seen one, we've only seen like the start of the stimulus packages. Like who knows in three months time, six months time, what new stimulus measures are going to be brought in to, to print even more money and to, you know, help, help out even more. Um, this could just be a trend mm. from, from here on in. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think there's a lot that you can do. Like I think there's going to be a lot of um, uh, opportunities. A lot of people make uh, make their money in the depressions rather than the boom times. Um, mm. I I remember uh, in January I started looking at some home fitness things because I could kind of see where it was going, and I was like, I just want to make sure I can you know stay fit here at home. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, the place we live, it's kind of hard to get too much gear because we don't really have a a, a good uh, undercover space where we can store a lot of home gym equipment. So I just yeah. bought some more simple stuff. But uh, but I remember thinking like I can just see this industry is going to be do really really well once everyone you know if everyone has to stay home. And sure enough, if you look at the prices of home fitness equipment, if you can even find any that's still in, in sale at the moment, um, wow. the prices have probably gone up. I was looking at like a, a like a pulley system that I looked at in January, and I think now it's like two, three hundred dollars more expensive. Um, wow! Like they've just jacked the price because, of course, all these people that go to the gym all the time have come home and they can't go to the gym anymore. So you know they don't just want to sit home; they don't want to lose all their their gains. So they're trying to buy mm-hmm. home fitness equipment, and uh, wow. um, the the home fitness industry isn't set up for everyone to buy home fitness equipment at the same time. Um, yeah. so, uh, it's, I actually wish I'd found a company that, uh, a public listed company that did home, home fitness equipment. So I could have, uh, wow, invested yeah. in it. But like, I've been saying to people as well, like another one is like, um, there's going to be so many opportunities for decentralized businesses, uh, as people get, mm-hmm. you know, more and more used to doing things on video and working from home. Like I would not be surprised if a group of teachers get together, for example, and say, you know what? I'm sick of going into school now. Um, let's start a decentralized school, you know, like kind of yeah, a private school. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll do some deals with some local uh, sports clubs so kids can go and get involved in sports leagues and still get their physical mm-hmm. education. But like we could run this thing. They, they'll be saying to each other, we could run this thing for a fraction of the cost of a full school um, and, uh, and you know, give students probably more choice, give parents um, mm-hmm. cheaper options for private schooling, and yeah. uh, do most of it online, you know, and that'll be a perfectly viable wow. business model. Yeah, yeah, that's an awesome little insight there. Yeah, so good call. Oh, mate, I think this is this is just a this is a time for if people are thinking the right way. I think it's a it's a massive opportunity for people to turn something mm-hmm. really negative into something really positive and build some some great things for people. Mm-hmm. Looking at how like it's 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 a it's got to be a little out of the, out of the box there, but you know how can you make what you do work better digitally. You know, it's, yeah. That's a very good point. You know, I was thinking one of my friends is a mechanic. Uh, one of both of our friends is a mechanic. Um, he's been put on lower hours and just thinking like, how can you transform a business like an organization like that onto something digital? You know, whether it's, you know, is it sort of consulting with people over the phone? Is it having them hold their phone up and you can sort of diagnose in real time and sort of come up with solutions? Like how, mm. how can you get that expertise of yours 
to other people without necessarily having to be there in person. Mm. But there are opportunities, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, completely. Yeah, mm. I think I'm, I'm just super pumped to see what people come up with. I reckon it's going to be a really interesting time. Yeah. We're going to do a whistle-stop tour of the crypto news and tech news from the last few weeks. Um, where do we start? Crypto news. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, and this one's huge. So Binance has bought CoinMarketCap. Yeah, so Binance just bought the top of the funnel, the uh, largest crypto exchange by market volume. They bought CoinMarketCap, which is this popular data site. It was an undisclosed price, but um, yeah, uh, the Changpeng Zhao, um, CZ, confirmed that it was Binance's biggest acquisition to date. Yeah, and he said that they've got more users than any other product in the crypto space. Um, and, you know, they're not generating a lot of money. Like, they're just kind of like a, a listing site. But, you know, for, for, for them, I think it makes a lot of sense to add to their portfolio because it's kind of like, mm. the, the, as you say, the top of the funnel. Mm, mm, it's where users mm. come in and start at. Yeah. Yep. And that's a valuable platform Completely. for them. That's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, next piece of crypto news, the Coinbase card users can now make crypto-backed payments with Google Pay. Yeah, so if you've got Coinbase cards, um, you can now add them to your Google Pay wallets. So you can basically make crypto-backed payments from a phone payment systems, um, apparently for the first time. Yeah, so you know you could use your phone or your smartwatch and um, make your purchases with their Coinbase Visa debit card, which they launched to the UK and the European um in April of last year, so that's Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash, and Ripple, and uh, Base Extension Token, and Stellar. Um, you can use all of those and basically pay in store, and Coinbase do the the exchange for you. So you're still sort of spending in fiat money, but you're using your cryptocurrency to pay for that. So yeah, it's kind of kind of interesting. It's going to open up to some more countries soon enough but uh interestingly you can use this google pay integration before your physical card arrives which is the future of finance yeah, completely yeah and that's what um uh, there's a company called up here in australia a bank called up which we've covered before and they do that and it works brilliantly, brilliantly. yeah uh next bit of news uh github has uh buried bitcoin code inside an arctic mountain to ride out the next thousand years yeah that's kind of it really they uh dropped it down the bottom of a coal mine in norway uh, along with a bunch of open source code including that of like ethereum and a few other ones but uh yeah so it can sort of survive coronavirus yeah so if you're listening to this in your retrofitted buggy driving over the shattered landscape of earth um, moving through, you know, I don't know, the husk of Manhattan. That's where it is. So you need to go there. That's where you need to find it. So Norway. Um, yeah. And thanks for listening as well. Brilliant. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Subscribe don't to, to your podcast of choice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, <laughs> last piece was just a really brief one on three major developments that will change how you use Bitcoin. This came out of Bitcoinist.com. And was the too long didn't read part? Okay. Yeah. So scalability is a priority. Um, Bitcoin privacy features uh, will be embraced as, as, as it goes further and uh, the cross-chain functionality that's under development will open a lot of new doors. Yeah, so you might be able to have an Ethereum smart contract and Bitcoin get spent as a result of it. So a lot of exciting things come out for Bitcoin. Check out that article to get in the full insight on it. But um, yeah. In a tech news now, um, we are going to talk a little bit about the TeamViewer pilot, which is really, really cool, Joe. You've, you've been checking this out. Yeah, so TeamViewer, 
have got a really interesting upgrade. For those who don't know what it is, it's essentially a remote desktop tool. So if you're trying to help your granny fix her computer and she's trying to explain what's on her screen, you just get into install TeamViewer, you can connect to there and then you can see what's on her screen and then you know, make changes from there. They've made an update which is really, really cool. Augmented reality. Yes, yeah, so this works with mobile phones, uh, especially those with AR glasses. Uh, and it just like it basically lets you overlay all sorts of different um, uh, functionalities and views and kind of like what we were talking about with, uh, with the remote uh, mechanical. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Th- There's some great screenshots. Check out the, uh, the link in the show notes to it. You can see some really good examples. But let's say you wanted to help. So this is more for instead of helping someone with a computer problem, it's like how do you help someone change a tire or fix um, the switchboard or um, unplug something in the server room? You get them to open their phone and their phone camera you can see. And then you can basically select objects in front of them and in 3D, in real time, they'll be able to see what you're pointing at. So they'll know that you need to turn this thing or press that button. So you can point arrows over what they're looking at through the, like in front of them. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and look, mate, look, this, this, I think, is the future. Like we're seeing, particularly in a world of remote, like exactly what you're saying. Like if you're having an issue with your car or something at your house, like, and a technician can't come and attend there in person, they just, you know, show you how to do it on the phone and eventually I reckon this will probably be used in uh, with machines as well. Like as people start to build robots, um, yep. you know, yep. this will be a way that you can, you know, like send a robot into a, into a nuclear facility and just kind of basically control it remotely and get it mm. to highlight different things. And yeah, it's, mm. uh, it's mm. super interesting. Absolutely. So this is where the world's going. Check out the link. It looks incredible, mm. but uh, yeah, that's the whistle stop tour of the news. Wherever you're joining us from, uh, if it is now or if it is a thousand years in the future in the post-apocalyptic planet Earth, um, it's a pleasure having you here. Why not drop into our Telegram channel if it's still around and say hello, fomo.show forward slash Telegram. Now someone might enjoy this, please feel free to share it with them. You can find us at fomo.show. You can jump on our Telegram at fomo.show slash Telegram. Follow us on Twitter at the underscore FOMO underscore show. And on YouTube at FOMO.show slash YouTube. That's it for us here at the FOMO Show. Thank you so much for joining us. If you like our show, why not leave us a rating in your podcast player and subscribe in your podcast app of choice or via our YouTube channel. I'm Matt. And I'm Joe. And as always, remember, no FOMO. bunch of intro clips man like there were so many ideas but uh it's sort of tricky because i'm wondering if i should go for serious or jokes you know like that hagrid one was like it was dark times harry dark times <laughs> that one or maybe just like just that kid's chin who's afraid of the big bad yeah. wolf or, yeah i'm from the government and i'm here to help <laughs> or, but i did feel like the definition of like the whole shock doctrine idea i listened to the whole documentary the other the other week, I thought yep. it was really good about how yep. just, yeah, 
after a time of shock, you're more susceptible to change. Isn't it so hard when someone like someone is saying really smart stuff and you agree with so much of it, but like they haven't made those other leaps in other areas of their thinking? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I absolutely. really always find that hard. Yeah, like you know, you'll you'll see people talking about stuff, and you'll be like, "Oh, that is spot on." Like, who is this person? You'll read a bit about them, and you'll listen to some of their other stuff. Like, this is great, and then they'll say something, and you're like, "We need to just what? keep printing money." Yeah, and you're like, "But you were talking about hard money a minute ago." Now it's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like, but the but the government is essential, and you're like, "Wait a second, Hold, like what?" <laughs> That gif, you know, where he's like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Oh, I'm sure there's stuff that, like, that, you know, that we, we do similar. Like, we haven't, you oh, know, we haven't yeah. fully. Yeah, it's so tough, man. Yeah. Very hard to be holistic in your um, in your viewpoints, I guess. Quite right. I, I usually find by the time I've come around to the edit, I already disagree with something I've said in the recording. <laughs> uh, Speaking of which, we care about the health and safety of all of our listeners. So we wanted to tell you what we're doing in order to keep you, our listeners, safe. Uh, what are you doing, Matt? Uh, I'm, I'm washing my hands. I am uh, I'm, I'm surveilling uh, everyone that I can, reporting things to our, our, our wonderful local law enforcement agencies um, who definitely aren't finding people for um, going out for, for, for what they view as frivolous reasons. And, uh, yeah, look, we're, we'll, we'll, probably, um, we'll probably suggest some great uh, personal surveillance resources for people so that they can uh, they can make sure they're reporting in whenever they whenever they Absolutely. want. Absolutely, yes. How about you? Well, I've been uh, glued to the television, just watching uh, you know a mixture of ABC News, BBC News, Fox News, all the news, just to get my daily update on the death count, really, and uh, what I should be thinking. Great. Well, that's good. So, so it just basically mimic what we're doing, and you you should be fine. <laughs> Safety in numbers. <laughs> Yeah, well, we, we, we did ours by post. So um, I wrote the ITCOIN uh, down the candidate list and then the BTC ticker on the other one. So. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> Brilliant. Hang on, mate. I just, I literally just hit, hit, hit the cross on the wrong, on the wrong tab. Oh, that's OG. Um, oh, I'm back in now. Hang on. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. 